Hey there, PDX Real Estate Podcast listeners. Before we get into today's show, I've got a real quick announcement for you, and that is that my company, TTM, is still looking to buy fixers and teardowns all over the Portland metro area, even in this post-corona economy that we have going on right now. So if you have anything that comes across your desk that may not fit the retail market, we'd love to hear from you. All you got to do is go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com. There's a contact us tab, fill out the information, submit it to us, and we'll give you a call. Or if you'd like to, just call us at the office, 503-224-6200, and we'd love to chat with you about the property. Now, let's get into the show. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. Listeners get that. They get that, and they they see that this is there's 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 no agenda here. This is just genuine three three guys talking through what they do at a high level. Um, and and Tucker, you've always brought the development component to that. That's one thing the show will will miss to some extent moving forward. I mean, your your um your knowledge base of building, developing land, um, and and that element. So, um, can't thank you enough. Um it's it's a sad day for me and i know it is for joe too i mean there's you know we're gonna move forward with this i i, I joked with joe it's like when steve carell left the office right <laughs> great show by the way and they still had a they still had a winning formula afterwards but i mean we we're losing definitely a a, a key component to the to the to the formula moving forward here's what's going to happen um let's talk a little bit about that so um tucker is moving he is not going to be on the show, at least as a regular. Um, there's nothing to say he couldn't be a, a, a guest. Yeah. Yeah. He could even be a regular guest potentially and, and share with us. And, and he is starting a new show and we'll let him talk about that here in a little bit. But so Joe and I are going to take the reins of the podcast. Um, I am talking to a national podcast consulting firm. Um, I have an appointment with them via Zoom next week, and, and I just want to brush up on a few things and tweak a couple things with how we not only record, but how we how we um, decimate the information, get it out to the various me- media channels. Maybe we'll start a YouTube channel where we take the videos of these and, and you, all those live. I, I don't know that we don't know what we don't know, right? I mean, there, there's... There's plenty of people at this point that are doing podcasts, and, and I want to learn what we could do better as far as that. Joe and I's commitment to our listeners is we want to do a show at least once a month. And here's the exciting part. And this is where I think there could be a, a, a really cool formula as far as future shows. We are going to have a guest on every show. And and eventually, my guess is we'll have regular guests, right? We'll have our favorites, the Kirk Von Wasmuths of the world, who, you know, every every fourth month will be on as 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 the replacement to Tucker. We'll we'll also bring on people. And part of what we're we talked about was we have a great the two the the two channels, the two vehicles. One, you know, one is the Masters Group, one is this podcast. 
they complement each other, right? When Joe and I talked on the phone the other day, we I kind of said, you know, one's a boat, one's a car. One's not better than the other. They just go take you to different places in a different manner. So, but but the the master's group can complement the podcast in that you have these literally thousands of people typing, commenting, potentially watching our show live, um, as has happened many times in the past, giving value. And Joe and I will decide like, hey, wouldn't Richard Mario be great to get on our next show or, or based largely on what we're seeing on, on the masters, we'll invite that person, they'll be on our next show, they'll help us talk through the topics, they'll give their unique flavor to that. And as the as the months go by, we'll probably start to accumulate an arsenal of, of favorite regular guests, Tucker might rejoin us once in a while. John Lamont has, um, who was the uh, the uh, the mayor. He 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 ran for mayor. He was city council of, of Lake Oswego. He ran for mayor. He's potentially talking about running for um, county commissioner in the near future um, of Clackamas County. He's very politically involved. I think he has a good pulse. He's he's a pretty good storyteller too, by the way. He's a pretty good pulse on regional politics, and I think he'd be a good guy to bring on periodically every few months just like hey what's going on in downtown portland with the mayor what's going on you know in lake oswego what's going on at the governor We've, we're gonna have a big governor's race right which is going to dictate a lot of what happens here in oregon so so we're going to keep bringing um valuable content we're going to change it up a little bit i do i would be surprised if we don't see tucker from time to time join us and maybe tell us a little bit about his journey. Tell us about what now, now that he's in a new market, what's that like? What's better? What's worse? What's different? Um, he's also going to be simultaneously doing a, a podcast. Tell us about that, Tucker. So I've been doing this type of show, right? Where we have Discord and we have guests and we have interviews, uh, which is a great show. I, I love doing this type of show, especially with you guys, because it's just, it's a flavorful recipe, right? We get a bunch of different personalities. It's not like it's scripted. We just kind of go back and forth and we ask questions. And of course you guys rabbit hole wherever you know you see fit, which is, which is cool. That's the way it should be. Um, the next show that I'm doing, it's completely different than anything I've done before in terms of how we produce it. And it's gonna be much more challenging at the same time, but it's basically gonna be an audio reality show. So I've been doing a lot of recording of kind of my my daily life, let's say, um, you know, as I'm making this transition from, you know, basically divesting millions of dollars here, getting my GC license in Florida, making this adventure across the country, buying a house there, setting up business there, getting licensed there, starting operations, um, starting projects, all of those things. And so I'm doing that in a way that will allow people to kind of, you know, sit in the front seat with me and kind of get a glimpse into what that's like. Um, and so it, it should be really cool. There's been a couple other shows out there in the world of podcasting that have done it. And the ones that have done it really well have gone on to be huge hits. And so that's our hope. And I've got some, um, some help, obviously Dan's helping me and I've got kind of a, uh, another helper as well. That's uh, a party to another very large show out there. So we've got a good recipe. We've got a good team and, uh, I'm excited to try something just different. Um, you know, since I, I know what the recipe is for these types of shows and how to make them successful. So I'm going to challenge myself to kind of step outside of that and try something new. And I think that it'll be a, it'll be a great experience if nothing else. And, you know, to be totally honest, I'm trying to bring exposure to my business on a larger scale 
because as you mentioned, Steve, I'm going from the minors to the majors. And when you go from the minors to the majors, you need more money. And so I need more money partners eventually as I get to Naples and I start doing more projects. And so the more visibility I can get for the business, you know, I've documented my journey for years now. So, you know, everybody knows that what we do is what we do. I'm not a scammer. Everything is legit. We put out an amazing product. And so, you know, the more I can get that out there and people can kind of follow that trail and say, hey, I'm interested in what he's doing. I like what the projects they got going on. I've got some money to deploy. Let's talk. Right. And so that's the ultimate goal with the show. Um, in addition to just kind of, you know, allowing people to stay connected with what I'm doing. Very cool. It's and so just, just a- basically it's, uh, it's, it's million dollar listing, but like a year before <laughs> that's what it is. It's the building of the home and, and I mean, you see a lot of like fix it. Uh oh, I'm unstable. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're you're well, you are unstable. We know that. Uh, but uh. <laughs> yeah. and my internet is kind of wonky. <laughs> yeah, there's all those real estate shows. Any part of it, which it's fix it or flip it, love it or list it. You know, beachfront whatever properties uh you know they get a little fixer and they put spray paint on a turd and then they sell it and then your their profit is all calculated you know three hundred thousand dollars for this little tiny house and wherever um i don't know that there's a lot of like from the ground up like what you have to go through i mean in, in lake oswego it's a colossal mess of permits and all the things you have to do and fighting to cut a tree down or whatever, not to trigger you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's I PTSD already. Yeah. Just saying that, but there's, there's, there's going to be a great audience. And I don't think that has been duplicated very many times from that aspect. No, it definitely hasn't. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations with like production companies over the years that, that they do these shows. Right. But the truth is those shows, they just don't overlay onto what I do well or me uh, as a personality well. And so um, I've just concluded that the best version of this show is one that we produce the way I want to do it. And with the world of podcasting, you have that ability. And if it's a hit, you can prove the concept, right? You don't need somebody else to say, that's a winning formula. We'll back that, right? So we're doing it and uh, I've got a lot of confidence in it. I'm excited to take it on and it it's another thing to kind of layer on top of this whole adventure. But, you know, as I think I told you, Steve, if I'm going to do this thing called like uprooting my whole life and moving as far as I possibly can across the country, as we determined in, lunch the, other in day, the continental United States, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, you know, I want to document it. And, you know, that way at the point that, you know, looking back in the future, I can kind of, you know, revisit the experience and people can see what it's like and, you know, just kind of get a feel for it, whether you're interested in moving or not it definitely is intriguing to people. And so I think we can harness that and, and we can make it really entertaining at the same time. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. So I have, I have a quick question about that, Tucker. So will the uh, audio be live? Like if, if you got a, say you, you sent out a mailer or something and somebody calls you and they have questions about, would you be recording that call? Would you then go there with a, 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 a audio piece of equipment of some sort, what, I don't know if that's a phone or what, and, and record the conversation and then later create the show from that? Or would you, would you at the end of the day be doing a diary of, hey, my day was like this, I went here, I, I met with this person, 
It'd be a combination. We'd be taking like live snippets of life with conversations I'm having. Like, let's say with somebody that owns property, right? Um, there's like, there's an oceanfront lot I'm trying to buy right now. I've, you know, got multiple conversations with that individual. I think we're going to buy it, but I'll take snippets of those conversations, put them into the show, and then I'll video diary over the top of that. So you get to kind of see the progression through like the real life uh, of me doing it. And then you get my kind of feedback on life, business, the whole process uh, on top of it. So there's a really cool show that did it um, back in the day called Startup. And uh, it was basically about a guy starting a podcast media company, very different personality, but the recipe is very similar in terms of what they did. And he ended up starting a, a media company that sold for a gazillion dollars based on the fact that he created a show around it. Um, so that's kind of the recipe that we're following to some extent. Uh, people don't do it because it's a difficult show to produce. But if you can do it well, um, I think it'll be a big success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And have you started it, Tucker? I the have, show? I have. Yeah, we've been working on it behind the scenes for about four months now. So, What's do the you name of it? I'm sorry. What's the name? Uh, it's called The Journey. Oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> Bill and, um, and uh, Bill and Ted's you haven't released it though, right? No, we'll, we'll be putting it out uh, probably end of January is kind of our target launch date at this point. Uh-huh. So we've got to get a few episodes in the can. It's a little more... Um, time intensive than this version, right? Where we just sit around and we talk about real estate and whatever's, you know, irritating us or, or making us happy on any given week. Um, there's a lot more just production thought scripting that has to go on. So um, it, we've got to have at least a few episodes kind of ready to go and all the audio done before we release one. So that that way we don't have, you know, three months between episodes. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cool. So, well, but there you have forward, it. You know, we had lunch, I had lunch with you guys and, you know, my, my ultimate goal when I started this show kind of before I passed the baton here was I wanted it to be a great way to connect with, you know, everybody else in the real estate business um, that we've grown to know over the years because we've all been in it for a long time now. Um, But it's, it's also become a show that people go to that are moving to Portland, right? And they want to find out about Portland real estate or people that are just interested in real estate, um, you know, around the Portland metro area. And so, you know, the goal was always just to give us as much, um, you know, uh, put us out there as much as possible and be a resource as much as possible. And so, you know, I have no doubt, even with me stepping away, you guys will be able to kind of continue that and do more of it. Um, you know, hopefully we can re- refine, you know, how our tech stuff, which, you know, like I said, we're all real estate guys, but refine that, refine, you know, the, the production schedule of when, you know, what episodes go out when, you know, maybe it's a certain day every month. And then of course you've got your new guests and rotating guests that may be a fixture as well. So I, I'm, I'll be watching from afar. I'll probably be joining you guys from time to time. But as I said at lunch, I'm hopeful that you guys can kind of take this run with it and make it even better than it was before. And we, and we appreciate that, Tucker, and we appreciate all you've done for it. Um, and I know our listeners do as well over the years to get to this point. And we, and I told you this at lunch too, if you ever come back, you're on. <laughs> That's, I mean, or, or if you want to join from, from afar, you're on. I mean, anytime you want to be a guest, you're on, we might, we might, you know, hit you up once in a while and go, Hey, what are you up to? Let's, let's do a show. Let's talk. Because it would be interesting. I mean, it would be great to understand the the nuances of our. It's because you've only built homes here, right? 
So you only know this. So it'll be really interesting to pick your brain for better or worse. I mean, there may be things I'm, I'd be surprised if there aren't things that you later go, wow, you know, Oregon had this right. This was one thing they did pretty well. Um, that's kind it's, of a, it's really, uh, hard to comprehend that you have this wildly successful business here. And then just to say, okay, well, I'm going to recreate myself over here. I mean, there's lots of positives, right? You know, you got bigger price points, you got better weather. There's a lot of positives, but you know, there's gotta be a little anxiety in leaving what you got to go there. And it, Take some cajones uh, yeah. to do that, but yeah. you know, There's a lot of people that have told me I'm nuts. Uh, for <laughs> sure, uh, I, I might be one of them. Yeah. I, not, not, I don't know if I use the word nuts, but I was like, man, you're established. You're starting yeah. over because you you have your knowledge base. There's no doubt about it. I mean, your your knowledge base, your understanding of the business, your you and your wife is very talented in amenity selection. I mean, I recently saw your Knox Roadhouse. I was I was really impressed by the just the feel of it. But you also have an established vendor list here. You have relationships. You have people that jump when you ask them to jump. You have um, network. You have land. You have a land bank. You have a, a pipeline of land coming up that you have to replicate somewhere new where you know virtually zero. So that's the, that's the part that Joe's talking about. No different than me or Joe, right? I mean, me and Joe have lots of knowledge and we have lots of of talent, but man, going to another market, there's an element of starting over that you, you can't refute. And I mean, um, it does take cojones. Early on, that gave me a lot of anxiety early on in this process, but you get to a point of like where you're past the point of no return and you just kind of have to phase it out a little bit. But I do agree with you. I mean, it's why the hell would I step away from something I've basically mastered over the last 20 years here, right? In, in terms of acquisition neighborhoods build cycles sell you know just all the nuances that go into it and who to use for what um but you know it can all be recreated um just with time and so you know it took it took a long time for me to get to this position here hopefully i can do it in a much you know uh, quicker fashion there having done it once already so you know it's it's a challenge for sure am i crazy i don't know maybe um but you know, we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to take a little perspective in a year from now and I'll have a better answer for you at that point. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, All right. there's that. So big, big changes here. Um, but uh, we're going to be here for you, for our listeners and, um, and, and rest assured, we will, we'll bring you some, some really good stuff moving forward. And, and we promise to be more consistent with it. And, and we're going to give you uh, as our listeners more opportunities to, to join us in that process and in that journey. Um, what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Zillow. Did I see that on the agenda? We haven't talked since that whole debacle. Yeah. And boy, I think what we a need debacle. to look in that for sure, because there was, we had some predictions. Well, you had some very strong predictions on the show. Um, you know, yeah. during the course of the last year or two. So let, why don't you run with us, Steve? Because I know you've got a lot to say on that topic. And it's kind of an I told you so moment. It, it absolutely is. And what I what the surprise to me wasn't that it didn't work. The idea of iBuyer or, um, you know, automation of the selling and buying process. The the surprise to me was how quickly they it unraveled. Um, I 
I, for one, thought there was several more years, maybe a couple more years, especially since we're still in a good market, right? A good market cures a lot of ills when it comes to, um, some, uh, you know, bad decisions with buying real estate. Heck, there was there was a quarter there where they were buying homes and 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 probably overpaying, but still on the back end it was okay because the, the housing prices were going up seven, six, seven, eight, ten percent, just in you know in in a short amount of time. Um, but uh, so I've I've been a vocal critic of i buying. I personally have not been you know my my words were look this is not going to stick, but it's going to be painful for the short term. Because there's investors funding this, and they believe that they're, you know, much like in the um, startup world, especially the technology startup world, there's a belief that you're going to lose money for years and years before you start to turn profits. And so that's where it was kind of hard to see the, the trees from the forest. Those 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 investors were like, hey, just lose our money. Um and I'm sure someday you'll you'll become profitable. Where I was a critic was I was like, no, you're not. You're not going to become profitable. You're just going to lose that money and then realize that that didn't work. And 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 a lot of that just has to do with, you know, the the real estate transaction, how unique every property is. Um, barring a condo complex where you know every floor plan is exactly the same and maybe a little different floor. Detached housing is so different. Two houses next door to each other can have completely different floor plans, backyard, amenities, um, views, on and on and on. And the idea that some technology or robot or um, algorithm is going to identify that, even if it, even if today they knew what the house is 10 years from now when the, that new owner goes to sell it, they don't know what it is. Right. Um, and, and so, so yes, Zillow has completely thrown the towel in, in a grand spectacular fashion, a complete, um, I mean, just a complete humiliation. There's, I mean, there was no love loss on on you know the, all the journals, you know whether it's CNBC, um, the Wall Street Journal, um, all the all the media just lambasted Zillow on the idea that they went all in. And trust me, I've partnered with Zillow for eight nine years now. They were all in. They had taken all their chips and moved them into this iBuyer program. When they said we are we are laying off 2000 people. That's probably, I don't know the exact number, but that's a huge chunk of their employees. That tells you they were all in on that program, right? They had completely ramped up all their, all their, um, their priorities and their, their staff to go into this program and to some extent neglected core businesses that they were running. You know, their search wasn't getting better. They weren't, as focused on the agents that they were providing leads to, they were really um, going, you know, all in on this on this program. Um, I think the big most most of our listeners know now at this point that Zillow said, "Yep, that didn't work. That doesn't happen." A there's lot of stock, there's their stock tick, by the way. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, most uh, <laughs> and and. and 
most people now know the story of, of what's happened to Zillow. They're eating crow. They're they're coming back. They're they're focusing on their core business. I think um, there is a general consensus in in and this is this is a huge positive. I cannot understate how good this is for us average Joe realtors, if that's what you want to call us, right? Our entire industry, our entire association, the National Association of Realtors, there had been a war waged on us by automation. And there was a lot of people in our industry that, unlike me, were very concerned. Were They were, they were, they were nervous. They were scared. They were um, uneasy thinking that our industry was in trouble and there has been a complete turnaround now where Zillow and, and many other outside of our industry are saying, you know, there's a reason why you, you hire a realtor and a live person to help you through this process. It's infrequent. You only buy, the average person only buys a house every seven, eight years. Why do you need to automate something that that, if that's that infrequent? It's very expensive, right? We're, I mean, we're not selling widgets here. We're not, you know, mass producing m mouses or whatever you want to call them. Are they mice or mouses? I, for, I always forget. Oh, they're um, mouses, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and they're complicated. Real estate is so complicated. An industry that I think you can compare us to is maybe like a defense attorney. Can you imagine if... You know, some some technology company says, look, if you get a DUI or you get an assault charge or you are or you get you know in trouble with the IRS, we've got a program where you can plug in your information and we're going to provide you with an automated defense and you're going to save money. Can you imagine that? Absolutely not. Well, I think the world is realizing that real estate is much more similar in, in, in how it works to something like that, where every transaction, every house, every scenario, every buyer, every seller, every, there's so many nuances and it's so unique that you need a human being to be your guide through that. And that's exciting. That's comforting. Now, the, the thing that I want to touch on is the next leg of this. There are other companies that are still doing iBuying and they are swearing up and down. No, no, no. That was only Zillow. We know what we're doing. And by the way, with Zillow gone, we're, we have more market share. Um, open, open Door is one of them. They're open Door is the main one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. Offer pad. Here's what I would say about that. I mean, realistically, what else can they say? Do you think Open Door is going to go, yeah, we're screwed? Let's put out a memo. We're screwed. They have no other business. They have no core business outside of buying and selling houses. So if even if the people in the C-suite at those companies know their ship is going down, they're going to ride it down as far as they can till the very end. Okay. By the way, when the Zillow debacle happened, their stock was at $20. I made a post on Masters saying effectively what I'm saying here. Somebody, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of agreement, but there was a couple naysayers who said, "Well, look, their stock's at twenty-one dollars. Well, it's at fourteen today." And you're I will. About open, you're talking about Open Door. I'm talking about Open Door. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They and then Zillow stock was 
even worse. Like they dropped like a friggin' rock. They were at a hundred and hundred and twenty-five in July. They went down to as low as like fifty-two. Um, yeah, like a massive drop. That's brutal. Um, yeah. So I predict, and, and I'll say this here and now today, Open Door won't be around. 18 months from now is probably a safe I, it could be as soon as a year it could be sooner but they won't be around um and and a lot of that zillow a lot of that is is zillow is going to be a part of that reason because zillow made people nervous made investors nervous what does zillow know that we don't know had it not been for the zillow exit so quickly I think maybe Open Door could have kept taking investor money, kept taking investor money, kept losing money, kept losing money. And investors would have said, no, you're going to be the next Amazon. I'm sure you just need to lose my money for 10 years before you figure it out. But because of because of the Zillow situation, I think an Open Door is going to have a lot more scrutiny on what are they buying? What's it selling for? We all know that it, they're, they're, they're buying for they're buying high and selling low. And and I think the pressure is going to be on them and, and investors are going to start getting real tight fisted with their money. And that's which is going to create a, you know, a downward spiral spiral for them. Um, and I just don't see them having anything else to fall back on. So it'll be an interesting thing to watch. It's a huge, huge. I can't understate this again. This is a great thing for our industry. This is a huge um, validation to us and what we do. And because um, that truly was, you know, the biggest quote unquote quote threat to our livelihoods was this idea that there was transactions occurring with none of us involved, you know, from any any real estate company. It's, I think there's think, a Joe? I think there's enough media out there and enough posts that. Uh, you know, when you say, hey, we predicted this, you can go back in time and see that we basically predicted this. Uh, the Zillow algorithm, like everyone knows it wasn't correct. Unless it's a seller and it's a artificially high, then Zillow's correct. But that same seller, if it's artificially low, they're like, ah, those are never right. Well, I guess Zillow believed their algorithm too, because they were buying homes and Anytime someone says, you know, we're not in it for a profit, we're here to change the way real estate's done, is sort of the first red flag. And the other thing is, you can't replace the human being in all jobs because you're going to have an explosion sooner or later. I'm trying, I can't think of an analogy, but you're at a cookie factory and you say, look, we're going to fire all these people on the line that cut the dough, the tube of dough into individual cookies. You leave on Friday and come back Monday and there's like 2000 pounds of dough and tubes on the floor because the cutter broke and their cutter broke and uh, they lost $550 million of their investors. But th the thing that stood out probably the most is they had this enormous convenience fee. It's like, oh yeah, we just buy your house and you pay this amount and there's no inspections and you don't, you don't live in a fishbowl where people come in all the time. We just buy your house. Well, arguably real estate commissions are competitive to it in some cases le less than what their convenience fee is. 
And it really isn't that difficult of a process. Like my clients and customers, we have a great time together and I educate them and we do some handholding for those who need it. And those who are, you know, sharp and they don't need it. You just cut to the chase, but doing it through an algorithm where you don't have a human being professional boots on the ground, it makes it difficult. So I think we all kind of predicted this would happen. I'm just a little shocked that it happened like an year, a year early for me. I was expecting like next year. Um, I didn't think it would happen so fast, but the layoffs came and then we're closing down the iBuyer. Uh, I knew it was going. And then all the models that are similar to that are facing the same exact thing. I mean, for the more or less the same fee, what's this big convenience thing that, you know, the seller or, or client saving, there isn't one. And so I knew that they would go back to their old ways, which is selling leads again with their mousetrap. And look, I'm not trying to shove anybody out of the market. If, if you're, you're worth uh, what you charge and you do a great job and you serve a niche, then there's room for everybody. But I think they were trying to change the world overnight and throw lots of money at it. Um, and it just didn't happen. So back when we were predicting this, we should have shorted Zillow. Uh, we should have. What Trust we me, we should have. We should have. I, I mean, I thought it would, I thought it had another year runway, Joe. I, I'm with you because they they were like, oh, our algorithms didn't properly account for uh, you know value increases. It's like values have been increasing like as crazy as they've ever been. Like, if you can't make this work now, like, how do you make this work, right? That's kind of the way. So it was it was doomed from the beginning if they couldn't make it work over the last 18 months. It's kind of the way I look at it. So, but yeah, we knew it was going to happen. It was just when the ship exploded, right? And to their credit, by by getting out when they did earlier than we thought, they, they very well may have saved the company. Um. Because, you know, they, they could weather a $550 million loss, but they couldn't weather a $5 billion loss. So had they kept expanding and owning more and owning more, heaven forbid there's any kind of a blip in the housing market, um, they would have... What's that? I'm just trying to change my camera. I, the, the camera's been great until now. Now it's all... Well, gotcha. Had right there been any kind of blip in the mar housing market, there could have been a scenario where suddenly it's billions and billions of dollars and they just didn't have that. They didn't have that kind of bandwidth. I think when the CEO spoke on CNBC the day that he said we're, we're laying off people and changing, he said they had like $3 billion in the bank. So he said, his, and he, what he was saying is like, look, we're not going under. We've got $3 billion in the bank. We, we're going to weather this. But I think that was what was in their the back of their minds is like one quarter, 550 million. That's 2 billion in a year if this continues. So there were the scenarios where they that would have been the case. Um, I think it forever yeah. changes the, the world that you guys live in though, because you know we were butting up a, on a point where you know people were like, why list with the realtor when I can basically just sell to Zillow and net more money? Right. And they were paying people more money in a lot of cases than you could sell houses for. So they were on the path to making a lot of realtors obsolete. And then all of a sudden they're like, just kidding. That doesn't work. We can't pay you that much for your houses, really. But it was 
it was going in a very weird direction. And we had a number of conversations about that. So, I mean, yeah. this got righted, but it was, you know. It, absolutely. Absolutely. We talked about it. I think one of my scenarios, I sold a house in Tualatin and it blew my mind how, how high a high price point they were doing this on. I sold a house in Tualatin. We listed it at 800,000, beautiful newer home, nice neighborhood, listed at 800,000. It did back to a busyish road, right? And we ended up having to drop the price to 775. And I think we went into escrow at 765 or something. And, and we eventually closed that. Neighbor knocks on my seller's door and, 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 and they're friends. And she says, who lives on the same street, same style house, same size, same busy road. Goes, Zillow just bought mine for 830. And my, my client rightfully so nice person but she goes i wish i'd called zolo and how could you blame her right that was the that was the world we were facing now again even when in real time when that was happening i was like this isn't sustainable i'm not worried that five years from now this is our problem but it is a problem today that problem is now gone right and i guarantee you even today open door is being more discerning even though they're still existing they're still oh, i tested it they are because I, I put a property in to get an offer uh, from them prior to this whole debacle as just kind of a point of reference. And then I went in and I re I said, hey, give me a new offer. They dialed it back a fair bit. Yeah. So yeah. they are yeah. Um, to say that it's not affecting them would not be true because I, it's it's obviously causing them to reassess their own internal business model a little bit because they're tightening up their algorithm because of what's happened. So. Yeah. And there was an arms race between those companies, right? Each trying to bid each other up. Each the, the, the end game was we want the most properties. He who gets the most transactions wins, right? There was no there was no thoughts of profits. It's like, how many deals can we do? Because again, their thought was the more deals we do, the more experience we get, the better we can perfect the process and the, and the, 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 the quicker we get to profitability. Well, they're not thinking that anymore. Open door now is very in tune to what they're doing, what they're paying. And so it's, it's a very good thing that has happened. I think it happened in late October. My, my daughter was born October 26th and it was, we would just got home from the hospital. It was maybe November 2nd or 3rd. So it's fairly fresh. We haven't done a show since then, but it's a huge victory for our industry, a huge victory. I mean, there's a box you can check right now that validates every one of our jobs, right? Um, you know, we we've we've always we will always have competition from others in our industry, but that is a great competition, right? That is job security. It's when there is an external threat, right or wrong, that suddenly says we all could lose our jobs. And trust me, that has happened to other industries. I wasn't concerned it was going to hit ours long term, but. Short term, it was hurting us, and 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 I think, and there was there were people in our industry. Mark my words, there was I would say a healthy chunk of our industry, at least a third, maybe even a half, who were concerned that the future was automation and the open doors and the Zillows were going to wipe us out, and they would point to Amazon and all these other companies and Expedia and say, "Why? Well, they did it there. Of course, they can do it here." And um, this is. Well, well, before we were opining that it wasn't going to happen, we can now definitively say it's it's not going to happen because because of this. So, hey, moving on from that, I mean, it is the last show of the year. Um, year in summary, 
Um, I mean, did you got Joe, did you have a, did you have your better best year yet? I know in 2020 you had your best year yet. I personally did. It, uh, it was a great year, probably not my best year from the real estate side. I did more of the company side. Yeah. Um, still yeah, yeah. fabulous, fabulous year. And we accomplished a lot, uh, in both realms. So yeah. it's been no complaints from me. And, yep. you know, everybody asks, you know, what do you think it's going to be moving forward? And I, th I think we're going to start to see those changes next year of in inflation sneaking in and, and it not mm -hmm. being so crazy. I think we have a artificial super low inventory, super high demand. And I think that will keep up for a little while until people are like, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. And then I mm -hmm. think we'll get a little more leveled out, mm -hmm. but yeah, great year though. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of our listeners probably had their best years ever. I did. I, I 2020 was my best year ever and we're 30, 40% above that. Um, one thing that is interesting, I, I bet you both will agree with me on this. This is this Christmas seasonality really came into play. Um, you know, last year there was no seasonal change for Christmas. Um, I mean, it was phone call, phone call, phone call, offer, 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 and, and all the way through up until, you know, December 24th, maybe there was a day with, with no, no, none of that. And then, and then it started again, December 26th. Um, this year, um, you know, there for most for, for most of the last 18 months, you know, up until basically, you know, a month or two after COVID started, when things really started to get crazy in real estate, I would go to the office or whether I was home office or, or, or in our physical office. And usually at the end of the day, I still had 20 things to do, but I was like, I'm just going home, right? It's only been in the last month or two um, where suddenly you actually are getting through your to-do list. Like, like you've called everybody that you needed to call and, and you're starting to realize, Hey, like this is a slower time of year. There's not as much going on. And um, not, and it's not to say that it's not to say that we're slow. It's not to say, but it's just more normal, right? It's no, it's what you expect going into the holiday slowdown. And um, it'll be interesting. I, I, I would, think that we'll pick up after the first of the year and, and start to, you know, start to get busy as we go into the spring. But there's definitely that return to normalcy um, in that regard. So it makes me think there'll probably be a return to normalcy in other regards with, with our market. I know you've got a whole different perspective, Tucker, because you, you're, you're kind of winding things down in general anyway. I mean, I think NAR put out a report that they expected like five to seven percent appreciation or something like that um for 2022 you know it's really just a game of interest rates and inventory i think at this point um and so which one's going to go up first right and what kind of a effect is that going to have on the overall market um and I, I don't know i think that uh they'll both go up slowly so i think it'll probably be just kind of a a slower burn or a slower decline in demand. And until we hit that, that ceiling of what people will pay to live here. Right. Um, I think that's the, what it comes down to. And, you know, I think we're pretty close to it. Uh, I would imagine, but we've been wrong before. So 
Who knows? Yeah, and and what's what's going to be interesting to watch is the relationship well, they, between they've scheduled. Keep going. Go ahead. There was a delay. I think. Yeah. yeah. What what'll be interesting to see is the relationship between inflation and the housing market, right? I mean, inflation inherently makes asset prices go up, but we also know that the housing market has been stretched up. So while at a glance, we all feel like, hey, this is a hot housing market, how it can't keep going up. Inflation, barring high mortgage rates, can continue to take things up. So when you say, you know, True. things could go up six to 10% or whatever NAR is saying, I, I mean, I kind of see that, like, right? We're seeing prices of everything go up. So it's hard to imagine that houses wouldn't follow suit. It as, with the wild card being mortgage rates. And and that's the craziest part of this market to me. Normally, it, the, it's always been believed and stated that mortgage rates were the arch enemy of inflation. Like when inflation goes up, mortgage rates go up. And for for a variety of reasons, I think the Fed is the Fed's involvement with things that just hasn't happened, which blows my mind. Like, Literally, banks are, we're seeing inflation running around five, 6% year over year, right? Yet they're loaning money at 3% for 30 years. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like, like that, that dollar they're loaning you now is going to be worth 93 cents next year, right? But they're only asking you for a dollar three back. It's just, you know what? It's it's anybody's guess. <laughs> it's a it's a. I feel like we're in a game of of musical chairs to some extent, and I don't know at what point in the song we are. I don't know if we're at the beginning of the new song. I don't know if we're in the last you know verse of the chorus. I don't know. Uh, it, it's and I've been doing this a long time, and I know you guys have as well. But you know, if inflation keeps going up. Um, you know, the hard assets generally keep pace to some extent, but we have this, these two X factors out there called interest rates and inventory. And then you've got, you know, buyer psyche as well, um, you know, or consumer confidence, let's call it. And so you mix that all up and I don't know, I wish I had a crystal ball. If I did, I'd let you guys know what it said. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else noteworthy from 2021 guys? I think it was a great year. I think, um, you know, I think everybody's looking forward to being back to normal fully. Somebody said on the news, it's like, we're going into the third year of the pandemic, which seems friggin' crazy um, and a little bit depressing at the same time. So I think getting back to normal on many levels, um, I think everybody's looking forward to that. I don't think there's anybody that's against that. And if you are, you got to get out more because I think we all want to get back to normal. So, mm -hmm. yeah. For sure. For sure. Cool. Well, yeah. I think we can book in this show. Well, I want to uh, wish you guys and all the listeners and masters Portland real estate podcast, great holiday season, whether it's Christmas or whatever you celebrate and new years. And uh, uh, it's been fun to do. It's been fun to bring knowledge to everyone and, you know, Tucker, it's bittersweet because you, started this thing and and you know you're moving on to start
a new book somewhere else. So thank you for starting this and we'll uh, be good stewards of the podcast and make it grow even more. Well, even though Joe was breaking up, I, I appreciate the, the heartfelt thanks, uh, whatnot. It's, it's been a fun show to do. Like I said, I still remember sitting down with Steve the first time and saying, we got to do this show. And he, without any hesitation, said yes. So I, I thank him for that. And Joe, the same thing happened when we sat down and had lunch with you. And we said, hey, we want you to do the show with us. And there really wasn't any hesitation from you as well. So it's been a fun run. Um, you know, this has always been a bright spot in my week to sit down with you guys and, and do this show. And, you know, I'll be back, but I look forward to seeing where you guys take it from here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you guys. Enjoy the rest of the year. Happy New Year. Bye, guys. Thanks again for listening to our show, and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.